A stu stu Studio D production. I would like to start a TikTok where I take um, like snippets from books of like people's facial expressions like described and I actually reenact it <laughs> because sometimes like and I'll I don't know if you ever watch you, you've never watched me reading but if you ever watch me reading I'm sitting in the corner and I I'll have like make the, the facial expressions as they come up because I want to know sometimes people will say stupid things that like aren't real like how would like your people... face look like that so the one that happened late recently <laughs> that had me laughing the frick out loud in my living room was some it was like some romance book and she talked about she was like turned on or whatever and she talked about how she ran her tongue along the, her bottom lip that was like the expression <laughs> do that what does that look like so i'm sitting there in my living room and i'm trying i'm trying to do it sexily so i'm trying to be like <laughs> My favorite one <laughs> that happens. so hilarious. I just want to film myself trying to sexily run my tongue along my bottom. You should do it. My favorite one that happens a lot in the books that I've been reading lately, um, his eyes darkened. I'm like, how yes, does that how happen? Does that even <laughs> fucking happen? It's those sorts of things. Or like. It's all like, these smut books, man. I read a lot of smut just, books. And there are a tried, lot of those in smut books. like romance and smut Sit books. down. I want to tell you a story. everyone welcome to effed up family something what the hell <laughs> good job your your emphasis was on the wrong syllable and it messed you up hello everyone welcome to effed up family story time i'm salem i'm Bell. <laughs> i'm kelly <laughs> what it's funny because it doesn't sound. I wasn't prepared. It doesn't sound like coughing. It sounds like laughing. It sounds like this weird, like old man laugh. <laughs> so how's everyone doing? Good. Good. Yeah. It's bright and early on a Sunday morning. Oh. Yeah, we are here. Is it? Is it still early? <laughs> we took a little while to get going, so yeah, it's a little later now. Yeah, it's a lot it's later now. Later, so. Yeah, but if we'd spent all this time on a normal day, it would be like noon by now. That's true. And it's not even nine o'clock. We gotta watch. <laughs> yeah, that's Taylor true. Swift's boyfriend play football today. Yeah, we hear that there's like some guy that Taylor likes, so we're gonna like him too. I am. I am <laughs> so. I'm gonna buy a custom jersey. What is it going to say? It's going to say Taylor's BF. Yes, I love it. So I do have to, <laughs> I have to be clear, though, because I, if you listen to this podcast, you may know that I am a Chiefs fan. Yeah, Kelly's a huge Chiefs I fan. already have loved Kelsey far longer than Taylor has loved Kelsey. I already have a jersey that is a Kelsey jersey. I really like him. I didn't know he's, anything about him. He's, until oh, he's he, amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. he is, the best tight end in the yes, league. I am, so I'm just joking when I say we're going to watch Taylor's boyfriend do that sports thing. I just think it's fun because of the amount of women that are significantly more successful than their celebrity male significant other that are yes. constantly referred to as so-and-so's girlfriend so i will not stop referring to <laughs> travis kelsey as taylor's boyfriend and the moment they break up i will continue to refer to him as taylor's ex, ex yeah. <laughs> but i think that he's also totally fine he's with totally that. cool like, with I, it that's the thing i was talking to kyle about it the other day and the thing that makes me so excited about it 
especially because Taylor Swift has exclusively dated like broody British assholes <laughs> yeah. who like don't know what a prize they have gotten. And Travis Kelsey is fully aware oh, of yeah. the dream that he is living. And the fact mm-hmm. that he's been a fan of hers for oh, yeah. so long is like, oh, I love it. I hope that they, I hope. That they I think it. it's cute. I think, I think it's, it's really cute. so cute. I also think Matt and I were talking about this because the NFL has gone crazy. I think it's hilarious. It's, it is hilarious. They're taking it too far at this point in time. I, I said where I lost it because I was with it. I was like, <laughs> I love Taylor. I love Travis. This is amazing. Where they took it too far was when the Chiefs Jets game was 2020 tied. So it's an exciting game in the third quarter or something. And they did a sideline report about Taylor Swift. Yeah, and I was like, taking it a this little is far. not okay. Yeah. We are watching football. But that aside, I am here for it. I absolutely love it. I appreciate it. that coming from a Chiefs fan because I know there are a lot of Chiefs fans that are really pissed off about all of the attention yeah. a, a, that this well, is getting. The, the NFL is taking it too far. That's what it is. But... <laughs> I was I was also going to just say that another thing about Travis that I think is cool is that he's matured so much that like he's in a good place to handle this sort of like thing now. Like I don't know if you all knew this, but Travis Kelsey had his own dating reality show like I did 10 hear about years this years ago. I heard about this. When he like when he first went into the NFL, you know, I don't know, like just He's had his stupid things in his life, and we all have, so whatever. But he's really, really matured. And I also think it's really cute that we're getting all these like women fans coming in now. So Travis's podcast with his brother, Jason, that is New Heights, which we list, Matt and I have listened to since it started last year. They have this section that's called No Stupid Questions, and so people can like write in and write questions. That's cute. And the, it's technically like No Stupid Questions, Only Stupid People. But they've been really gently, <laughs> they've been really gentle with people, like new fans, writing in. In to ask like basic questions about football and it is really adorable to watch two men who are so deeply entrenched in this world try and explain the most like these concepts in the most basic way like it's things like what are downs and they're like well a down is a down it's like a, a down it's like it's part of they're just like they're like that's this, like you get four of them and then you have to use your downs to like, it's just so, so funny to That's watch funny. them try and explain it. All right. Um, it is, it is time. It is time. All right. So this week, this is, this episode is going to air probably after Halloween, but we are coming up on Halloween right now. And so I wanted to do something kind of spooky. And so I was looking up stuff. I had this idea, like were any of the big Halloween, you know, horror movies, based on a real true story. And so I was, you know, just kind of looked up, was Jason Voorhees based on like a a real person or was Friday the 13th based on a, on a real crime. Mm -hmm. And so what I found, and I don't know if the movie was based on this, probably not, but there are some people who think that this incident inspired the movies. So that is why I chose to do this topic. So what I'm doing, I don't know if you've heard of them. I am covering the Lake Bodum murders. It sounds familiar, but I don't think that I will know the details. So I'm excited to hear. Okay. Are you going to tell us, I'm going to do that thing where I'm going to start asking questions right away. <laughs> Are you going to tell us the movie that this will inspire or that this is possibly inspired? Eventually? Was the Friday the 13th. Was it the Friday the 13th? Yeah. Okay. So Jason Voorhees. And I think really the only comparison is that the Jason the 13th movies take place around Jason the 13th. 
Friday, sorry, the Friday the 13th movies take place around a lake and these murders happen next to a lake. Okay. I don't know. I really don't think it's connected, but this is what I found when I was looking that up. So this is what I, I didn't chose even to do. know that Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th were the same movie. I thought you were just listing various. Oh, no. So now I get it. I get it. You were specifically <laughs> setting up. Setting up Friday the That's 13th. That's like the yeah. one yeah. Like, I'm done. I'm classic sorry. horror movie that I have yet to see. Same. I haven't really watched. I've watched. They've been on, but I haven't really sat down and watched them. Those kind of campy horror movies never I scared really me. Like them. They just made me. I don't know. They just were weird to me. I didn't. That's really why I like them. I like more psychological. Man, I thrillers. didn't watch Scream until like two years ago. I love Scream. Scream is my favorite fucking horror movie. All right, so it's so good. Okay, so Lake Bodum murders. So these murders occurred in Finland on June fourth. 1960, four Finnish teenagers decided that they wanted to go camping. So they went down to Lake Bodum and they set up camp. So there were two girls and there were two boys. So it was kind of like a couple's trip. But the boys were 18. The girls were 15. Back then, that wasn't Ew. that unusual. It's not that big of a deal. So <laughs> Back then, it's not that big of a deal. It's always been a big deal. <laughs> I'm going to try okay. to say these names. And Always should have been going... a big deal. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, and at least that's all how camping we're going to together. It. So this is the real crime. <laughs> so Lake Bodum is on the southern tip of Finland, and I don't know if that matters to anybody. And so these kids went down to the lake. They set up camp and they did some fishing. They had some mopeds or little motorcycles, and so they were kind of riding around this like beach area and. They would you have ever what let me go camping with a bunch of 18 year olds no. who rode their no. motorcycles around? Exactly. You can't tell me. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. <laughs> so the two girls, I'm going to butcher these names and I apologize. The two girls are Mela Ermeli Borkland and Anja Tuliki Maki. Sounds Hawaiian. I'm sure I said that wrong. And then the boys were Seppo Ontario Boisman and Nils Wilhelm Wilhelm Gustafsson. Gustafsson. Good old Seppo and Nils. Seppo and Nils. So they did some fishing. They rode their bikes around. They were out for quite a while. They stayed up late. It was about midnight when they retired to the tent. And then there is a journal article that um, they found, one of the journals, one of the girls' journals they found in the tent that said Seppi and Nisi, I think that that is what she called Nils, are drunk. Up at 2 a.m., Seppi was fishing. So the thought is that the boys maybe had trouble sleeping, that they had been drinking, so they went fishing, but they did eventually retire to the tent, right? Okay. So sometime between the hours of 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., their tent was attacked. I'll go into the details of the attack later, but three of them were killed, and Nils Gustafsson was beaten badly, but he had survived. So the tent was collapsed. Two of the people were in the tent. One was on top, or two were on top of the tent, and it was around 11 a.m. that a father... Esko Johansson and his son went swim. were going to go swimming, and they found the scene. They ran into town. Um, there was another person, um, Sigurd Vulasma, who also found the scene when the first 
to were on their way into town so he also went into town alerted them they they got back to the scene it was around noon by the time they got back to the scene and they started to investigate so what they found was that the tent was collapsed and it was covered in blood and it looked like at to them that the people in the tent had been attacked from outside the tent so they had been bludgeoned and they had been stabbed from outside so the, the tent the people were inside the tent and the somebody, attacker was somebody outside. came from outside and attacked them they think that the item might have that they used to bludgeon them with what might have been a rock maybe a pipe they don't know they never recovered the weapons so they don't know so they took gustafson to the hospital and he was horribly beaten his bones and his face were broken. Oh, yeah. He, I, I'm not sure. His skull was cracked, I believe, in the back. He was hit in the back of the head. I believe it was cracked. He had cerebral, cerebral fluid leaking from his nose. Ew. And he had a gash in his cheek that was so wide and deep you could see his teeth through oh, it. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Because of the trauma, the head trauma, he they couldn't interview him right away. And when they did, he had memory loss. He had a hard time giving them any idea of what happened. So... Was he the... He was the only one who survived? He was the only survivor. Um, so they used a technique, I guess, that was really common back then. But they hypnotized him to see what he had to say. And so what he said while he was hypnotized was that he saw... A man staring down, a blonde man staring down at him through a hole in the tent. He said that they were attacked from outside the tent. He doesn't know. He did in, end up on top of the tent along with the girl that he was there with, Mela. But he, so I don't think he ever really can say how he got on top of the tent. Like he doesn't know for sure. But like his story, like there's certain facts with his story that stay the same, but his story kind of changes. Like some of the details kind of change over time each time he's questioned. So there's some question of like, is he making it up or is it just the head trauma? And he can't remember. But under hypnosis, he also gave a description of the man that he saw peering through the hole. And so they did a drawing of it, right? And so at the crime scene, so the police did a horrible job when they came to investigate because they, they did. didn't coordinate it off. So they didn't protect the crime scene. And some of the there were items from the tent that they found that were missing. And they didn't they never found them. They don't know what happened to them, but they were like some odd items, one of which was like the keys to the motorcycles, but the motorcycles were still sitting there. Nobody took them. Um one of the items that were missing from the tent were Nils shoes and they found those they did find those it's the only items that were taken that they found and they were like a little ways down the beach oh weird hidden kind of like under a rock didn't want him to escape yeah i don't know that's what that was my first thought when i read it hmm. they so, took the keys and his shoes yeah they didn't want him to, to didn't leave. want anybody to be able to leave maybe i don't know yeah that's what i was before they killed him maybe like took all that stuff so i mean gustafson Nils was the only one that wasn't stabbed other than, I believe, other than his cheek. So that's kind of interesting, too. But he was beat the fuck up. But they, but the police didn't cordon off the scene. So even after they were done investigating, the police trampled everything. Then they didn't section it off. So passerbys, looky-loos were coming over, oh, and they no. trampled everything. And then when they realized there were items missing from the tent that they, they couldn't find, they called in the help of the Army. So they had all these soldiers tramping around on the beach. So they basically destroyed... All evidence except for like the tent 
and they the go, shoes. Wait, they go hard in Finland. They called in the army? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think they were just like there for some reason. They okay. happened to be in that area, but... <laughs> sure, we'll help. Yeah, sure, we'll help. I mean, I think that's kind of indicative of like how little Finland gets mixed up in other people's shit that their army is just like they're like ready to help <laughs> yeah. with this investigation well, we're not, they're not we're out not like war. terrorizing uh, other countries that are anything. less fortunate <laughs> like we often do <laughs> so the crime scene was basically destroyed some of the evidence like they had the tent they had the shoes they had Nils's testimony hyp- hypnosis testimony there was also something that they never really touched on again there was a pillow that was rolled up and like tie like and then wrapped with like elastic bands that had blood and semen on it that they were never able to identify who it but didn't belong that's just one of the boys pillows they have teenagers yeah i know that i thought that was weird i was like that's (laughs) fucking gross and weird and i don't know what that was so when they started to ask around um witnesses they did talk to a couple of boys that have been down in the area um, I'm not sure it was earlier than 11 a.m. And they said that they had noticed from a distance that the tent, like the collapsed tent and a blonde man walking away from the tent. But they didn't really think anything of it because I guess there's a lot of parties down there and nobody seemed to be in any trouble. They were probably far enough away. They couldn't see the blood on the tent. And so they just went on to go to their fishing hole or whatever. But that corroborates blonde man in Nils's hypnosis and blonde man at the scene. Yes. Mm. And that might be it. That might be where we can take a break actually. So that's pretty much what they found at the crime scene. They don't have much other evidence. They do have some suspects. They've got the blonde description to go Mm -hmm. on, but also we're in, we're in Finland. Everyone is blonde. blonde. Not everyone, but a lot of people. A lot of people are blonde. So (laughs) that's true. That's really funny. (laughs) But Nils does give the description. So they have this this sketch of the man that he described, and they have a few suspects, and we're gonna go over the suspects after the break. Okay. Does that sound good? Rest in peace, those three people. I know, and it's there really isn't a lot of crime in Finland at this time. It was a pretty safe place, but we're also gonna talk about that. The after the break is gonna be a little bit longer. Okay. I think. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Break time. Hey little Shemmies. Thanks for tuning in. While we were on our break, I just wanted to let you guys know how you can get a hold of us if you wanted to send us an email with your spooky stories i'm still waiting for you to tell me those so i could tell them to you our email is ffsthepodcast at gmail.com we'd also love to hear from you on the various social media sites where ffs the podcast on instagram and on twitter and on facebook you can find us at e-f-f-e-d up story time we'd love to hear from you thanks for tuning in we love you shammies and uh back to the show kept talking because she's <laughs> steamrolling <laughs> and hey. i appreciate the passion hey what i want to get back into our story <laughs> <laughs> let's get back into the story but taxes guys like <laughs> but taxes. taxes all right so after these crimes happened like i said there were multiple suspects and we're gonna go down the list um i didn't preface with this but you probably guessed this is still unsolved this is one of the guess. oldest 
unsolved cases in Finland. Some people tout it as the oldest, but it is not. And we will touch on that also. The first guy we're going to talk about is Polly Kusta Loma. So on the, the morning after the murders, the morning of the murders, he is like in the woods. He approaches this carpenter who lives in the woods covered in dust. He has blood all over his arms and on his chest. And he approaches this guy asking for a cigarette. Me after I just killed somebody. Hey, man, do you have a cigarette? <laughs> he really isn't a serious suspect, but he is an escaped criminal. He um, So he was wanted because he escaped from a labor facility and he had a record of robbery and theft. So they arrested him. And also he had blood on him. That's Never pretty big he deal. Had, he had a solid alibi. That's why. Ah. So, but he was, he was known for robbery and theft. He ran in kind of a violent crowd. So the blood might even have been his own. Mm. They don't really say, but he had an alibi. That's so the fact that he's covered in blood, but has a solid alibi. What was the alibi? Might've been killing somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They don't say. And so clearly I didn't do it. Wild. I was too busy getting all this blood on me somewhere else. <laughs> somewhere else. Someone else's blood. So they let him go. Um, another suspect was a young boy. Well, 15 year old boy named Penty Soinanen. Penty. That's a fun name. Penty. And uh, he, they looked into him because he'd run, he'd run away from a care facility. He had been getting himself involved in like more and more violent crime. This troubled child. He was he a troubled it. child. Um, he was then diagnosed with uh, psychopathy. Psychopathy. Sorry. He was diagnosed with psychopathy. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say that right. Um, and at this point, they brought him in for interrogation they really didn't think it was him the idea initially really was that it's he's a 15 year old boy how is he going to overpower two 18 year old boys yeah. and two 15 year old girls i mean he if he was if they were sleeping yeah and he'd be startled caught him unaware elements of surprise but but, but and he wasn't brought in for questioning until years after the uh, murders happened so but they but they ruled him out through interrogation so here comes a really, like, this guy, I think, is a good suspect. Vladimir Gilstrom, also known as Kiosk Man, because he ran a kiosk in a nearby city. <laughs> oh, that's cute. The kiosk man. He was well known around town to be a violent drunk that was aggressive with his wife and his children. Watch out for the kiosk man. It's not cute. It's, <laughs> no, it's a warning. No, no. <laughs> like he was well known for bad things. He was also known to like hold a grudge. He lived near Lake Bodom and he was known to hold a grudge against campers there. And not just like, oh, no, damn campers. But yeah, like he would long. throw rocks at campers. He would. Um, what a jerk. He would cut guy lines and he would put razor blades in apples. <gasps> I so I don't know. Like, did he then give them to him, or were they <laughs> just, just there? Did he out? put them in the tree like, like um... a basket of apples? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know. But he was known to be a real shitty guy. So, but he, shitty guy doesn't equal murderer. If he's put all that effort into putting razor blades into apples, why he was, would he just go stab? People? Why would he? Yeah, he uh, also was heard supposedly confessing to the crimes, like to or bo boasting about the crimes to somebody, oh. and said that he had hidden the murder weapon, murder weapons in his well. And then shortly after that, they did interrogate him. They couldn't, didn't have enough evidence, I don't think, to search his home or anything. But then shortly after that, he filled his well in. 
Mm. They've never dug up his well. But so then they questioned, they questioned him and they questioned his wife. And his wife said he was home in bed with her all night long. And so that was initially like, that was why they're like, oh, it's not him. He was in bed with his wife. She wouldn't lie. Uh, yeah. A, yeah. never trust the wife. B, if I suspected that Kyle was a murderer, I would probably be the first to turn him in. <laughs> so um, so they said he had an alibi. His wife said he's home in bed. And then a few years after that, he killed himself by walking into Lake Bodum and drowning. Well, that would be... That would be hard, right? Yeah. To just go out to the middle of a lake and be like, okay, now... Drown. How do you just... I suppose like, I'm not a very good swimmer. So I guess drown. that for me, it would just be like, you get past the point where you can't touch, it's going to happen eventually. Well, and that's, just try not to swim back. You're eventually <laughs> going to get tired and not be able to keep your head above water. But like the whole time, are seems... you just out there? I mean, what would you do? See, like, I... like laying there on your back and you're like, do it, Salem, do it. So... So he killed himself, which also kind of lends credence to the thought that he was the murderer, especially that he drowned himself in Lake Bodum. But it was close to his house, so I don't know. But then later, years later, his wife on her deathbed confessed that she lied for him because he threatened her and said he would kill her, kill her if she told the police that he was not home that night. And she was fully convinced that he is the murderer. Even more reason. That's another thing. Kyle would never threaten to kill me because he knows that I would kill him first. <laughs> All right. And we have another suspect. And this guy we're going to dive into a little bit deeper because this guy's pretty interesting. So Hans Osman, spelled Assman. Hans Assman from Espoo. Because he's from Espoo. Ass man from Espoo. From Espoo. Is infused in the lore of Finnish true crime and in many respects exist as exists as a boogeyman. Ooh. So there were all these rumors about him. There was he was a Nazi. And it, that is believed to be true that he was a Nazi. He belonged to the Luftwaffe, 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 the German Air Force. And his sister actually produced proof of that. So he's no Nazi. This was during oh. during the war. He's rumored to be a prison guard at Auschwitz, but there's no, oh. no f basis in fact. He was in a Soviet POW camp. And then um, there was belief that afterwards he was recruited as a spy for the KGB. So, like, these are all, especially during this time, you got to figure in the 60s, late 50s, 60s, these are all horrible things to call somebody. Yeah. A KGB spy, um, a Nazi, an Auschwitz prison guard. Yeah. Now it's just like, oh, well, I have my opinions. So there's really no yeah. <laughs> Nazis. There's really no proof. I don't now think of any of that. Now we throw though. the word Nazi around, like people who are, don't know what there a Nazi are. A is. lot of people who like self-identify as Nazis. Yeah, and they're like, well, Nazis. that's just my opinion. There are Nazis, and we I just are expected to just be like, okay, well, that's your opinion. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's I also what I'm think saying. that we throw the word Nazi <laughs> no, around. I agree all the time, like very much like people who don't know what an actual Nazi. A is. lot of people who are proud, and we're just expected not to punch them in the face. But I also think that some of those people throw the word Nazi around, like people who don't know what an actual Nazi is. Yeah, and is. I like, still I'm am a Nazi, but to not punch them in the face. No, they deserve to be punched. They in the deserve face. to be punched. In the but face. I'm just saying, even they are using the term without that the gravitas and that even it, the still, term deserves. All the more reason to punch them in the face. Yes. <laughs> okay, I can agree with that. 
It's okay I mean, I'm not Nazis. condoning violence. But it's okay to punch Nazis. So after he was released from the Soviet POW camp, he returned to Germany. And in 1945, he met a Finnish woman named Vienno also suspected to be a spy. So part of the reason she was suspected was because every time they would visit another country, she would change her name. She would use a different name all the time. And she would change hotels frequently too, which is like a spy thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like exactly what so, I know of spies. I'm just going to start living my life like that, just in the hopes that people think think I'm a spy. That I'm yeah, a spy. I, need, I need enough money to be able to switch hotels because it does get expensive. But that every time Kyle and I go on vacation, uh, I'm going to start calling day. myself a different name. Yeah, I think that's awesome. But all of this, like says Hans may not be a great guy, but it doesn't say he's a killer. Right. The things that link him to the case, the number one thing, in my opinion, that links him to the case is that on June 6th, the day following the murders, he shows up in a hospital in Helsinki, Helsinki General Hospital, covered in blood. Where's or, Helsinki in relation to Lake Bodum? It's very close to okay. Helsinki. I, I thought I mentioned that. But you I might did. have. It's on the southern. I, I know I mentioned it's on the southern tip of Finland, close to Helsinki. Okay. So he uh, went to Helsinki General Hospital. His clothes were stained red. He was acting very oddly. The doctors were examining him, and he would do weird things like he would act. Like he was unconscious when he was faking, like pretend to fall unconscious. And he would yell at the staff, like randomly be kind of abusive to the staff. Um, he had dirt under his fingernails. Uh, and like I said, his clothes were stained red. And he is like identical to the sketch. So the doctor that was working on Osman thought that he was the guy. He's like, this is the murderer. I've seen the sketches of the guy. He calls the police. The police come out. Uh, they detained him. They interrogated him. They never examined his clothes, even though they were stained red. And the doctor even said something to them about, don't you want to look at his clothes? It's uh, I can tell you it's blood on his clothes. And they never examined his clothes. And they said he had a rock-solid alibi, so they released him, and at first they said he had a solid alibi, but it was of a sensitive subject matter, so they could not release it to the public. But eventually it came out that he was having an affair. Again, I guess there's a witness that saw, that reports seeing them in the hotel at this one, so, like, he has a solid alibi. It's not him. But we're going to dive a little deeper into Hans Osman. That's frustrating. As a woman, if, if Kyle were caught up in this shit and I found out that the police were hiding from me that Kyle was having an affair. Like, <laughs> you what the fuck? So, I deserve to know. <laughs> so Osman has actually been linked to numerous murders. And he has been a prime suspect in at and least one been, of them. I'm having an affair in and everyone. <laughs> I don't want to give too much detail because I think... My personal belief is that he is a serial killer. Whether he killed these kids in the tent, he is linked to too many murders in the same area. I don't know. I question it. I just feel like how many times does a person have to be suspected yeah. of murder before you actually start to try to figure out what their deal is? Yeah. You know, I feel like 
I understand like needing evidence, needing probable cause, but I feel like if you are suspected in numerous murders, that is probable cause. I mean, the Hans Osman character, I could see you doing like a series of like Sherlock Holmes type movies where the detective gets so I mean this is in the 50s and 60s but he gets so focused on like I know this guy is guilty of something that he becomes like a main focus and he follows him and watches him and stuff like that you know because he has all these rumors about him and granted some of them are far-fetched I doubt they're all true but there's a reason that he has these rumors about him yeah there has to be something there's something going on and the fact that he was in the German Air Force his sister provided proof of that and even if you think like you know a lot of people you know didn't sign up to be nazis because they were bad people they got roped in or whatever but so even if you try and think like maybe he wasn't originally a bad guy um he's seen a lot of shit in his life you know if he was in the german air force during the time of the war then he was a nazi so and whether or not he was at auschwitz but if he was at auschwitz think about the shit he saw there if you was a prisoner of war like yeah think about the shit he experienced there so this guy is probably at the best in need of some significant therapy and at worst yeah really messed up and dangerous and you learn you learn how to kill in war and you learn how to you like you learn certain things about the nuance of it and and like not to say that it's going to make you want to but you learn about it you have a knowledge about it Mm so and the trauma that you experience you pair those things together and you could come out a serial killer without a doubt out of that experience so i think that's it's sadly intriguing sad and sad and intriguing yes so we're going to touch on some of these murders that he was linked to one of them was Kailiki Sari. Kailiki was a young girl, 17 years old. She was in that area. She was on her way to church and she was bicycling and it was very far away and it was an evening mass. And she met up with her friend and they rode there. And on the way back, she had about three miles where her friend turned off. And she'd even expressed how she was nervous about going those three miles on her own. But I'll be fine. I sure, I'm sure I'll be fine like I always am is the last thing that she said. And she didn't make it home. She It was like three days later that they found the body. And Mr. Osman was a suspect. Again, it was like the, the murders at the lake. There was a lot of suspects. It's also an unsolved murder. And this is where this is what I'm seeing as the oldest, because this happened in 53. Oh. The oldest unsolved murder that I am aware of. So, yeah, Hans Osman was a suspect. He had an alibi. Always with the alibi. Was he having another affair? He was in Germany at the time of the murders, thus had an alibi. But he confessed. He confessed to the killings on his deathbed. This killing. So I don't know. There's there's one. There's also the murder of Ellie Emo, who was killed on December 7th in 1955. There was a double campsite murder um, in 1959 of two women campsite so like at the lake again it was at a different lake or at a different campsite but and then there was in 1959 also is uh circa lisa she was an older woman she was like in her 30s i think but he also was a suspect in that so um excuse you (laughs) (laughs) older than some of the others 
to yeah. some creepy old men, we are all worthless at this point. Hey, pretty much, yeah. I am to most people. Um, I'm like just a bag of dirt, bag of dust. <laughs> One thing that I saw, Dry old bones. and I think it especially helps because I don't have kids, is that like I don't feel old until I'm hanging out with people that are like 21, 22, and then I'm like, fuck. So... Either way, whatever you think, if Hans was tied to these other murders, if he was a lousy person, I did read something that he was a criminal. I mean, he was doing criminal activity, too. Mm. But either way, it doesn't matter what we believe. The police said he had an alibi, and so he was released. Like, got a lot of convenient alibis. ruled out as a suspect. So, so it is still unsolved. For 44 years, they made no progress on this until 44 years later, they arrested Nils. Gustafsson. Wait. What? Yes. What? The guy who was attacked? Who they was like beaten the nearly to death? A slice to his teeth and his cheek because yes. he just did that to cover up the murder apparently? Yes. yes. <laughs> so they arrested him and they based their, the prosecution based their case solely on the tennis shoes. So his shoes were missing from the scene. And they were covered in blood. They were covered in the blood of the three victims that were killed, but they did not have Nils' blood on them. So their case was that, and and they they said that the blood spatter looked like somebody was wearing the shoes while they killed the people. So, killed the other kids. So they were saying he killed them. Yes. Did they do any sort of examination on the blood that was on his clothes to determine whether his clothes looked as if the blood had been I'm splattered sure. upon him? Yeah, I'm not because sure. Because you think can't so. have that argument and then yeah. not investigate everything. I know that they looked at blood spatter on other items in the tent and they did find his blood in the tent. So... How did he get so beat but up? Like, right? yeah. how hardcore would you have to be up to that point? Yeah. yeah, how hardcore would you have to be to beat yourself up, slice your cheek open, yeah. and That's... then lay there in your own blood for hours next until to your dead girlfriend? Finds you. Yeah, I know. That's metal as hell. So they concocted a story. <laughs> they concocted a story. So they did have a witness that for forty-four years had not come forward, but was there during. The court proceedings there during trial that said they were camping nearby and Seppo and Nils were drunk and they had stumbled upon their campsite and they talked to him for a little bit and they were fighting with each other. Nils and Seppo were like arguing and and Nils was being aggressive and but then they left. Yeah, if I killed someone every time I argued with them or was yeah. aggressive with them, oh, I would have well, a thousand maybe, murders. On maybe my not hand. me, but Belle would have killed a lot of. I people. would have killed a lot of people. Also, who the fuck is this lady that That's didn't come forward for 44 like years, I but understand. now that they can be a witness in a trial? I understand that it's the 60s and like bookkeeping was a lot harder than it is today. But like you think you're at a campsite. Like it's not like you just like grabbed a tent and pitched it wherever the fuck you want to. Like you're at a campground at a campsite. Well, I don't know if it's a campground, but it's a known camping location. Okay. So I it's just feel like, like on the edge of a lake. Be... So it could be like dispersed where people don't have to 
to register or But don't. here's the thing. They found this got enough attention that the doctor recognized the, yeah. the Hans Osman from mm-hmm. the sketch. And they found the kids that saw the campsite and said they saw you a blonde guy. Anything. If there was another woman camping if on the beach, they saw She it. would want to come forward for the notoriety. Everybody wants that shit. You, and I'm like, not, everybody's such a looky-loo. How did they the find this The moment anything woman? happens down the street, you're, you're looking out the window through your blinds. You're talking to the news about what you yeah. saw. Everybody wants those 30 seconds of fame. Why did this woman wait 45 fucking years to come forward? Yeah. So After I don't know. the case is anyway. died, I agree with mom. It's stupid. Anyway, it's just <laughs> odd. It's an oddity. But that's still seeing them drunk and seeing them argue still doesn't say that he fucking killed them no. either. Yeah, if this guy who's so, like a Nazi... It's pros- like, you know, you're free to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you were arguing with your friend. Oh, that's the one. While you're drinking and shit. Yeah. So the prosecutions concocted this story that Nils had made sexual advances toward his girlfriend and was turned down. You got to admit the age. They're the, like, she was only 15 mm-hmm. and was turned down and he was upset and got mad, which started a fight between Seppo and Nils. And Seppo punched Nils, breaking all of bones in his face, apparently. Strong punch. Strong enough to cause the the whatever fluid yeah. to come pouring out of his nose. And so then Nils left and then later came back angry and drunk and killed them all. And his girlfriend was had she was more brutally murdered. The other couple, Seppo and his girlfriend, they were in the tent. They were stabbed and they were beaten, but Nils's girlfriend was on top of the tent when they found her. She was stabbed more times. She was beaten more brutally. Her pants were pulled down. I'm not sure if there was sexual assault or not. I've heard both I, when I was looking stuff up and listening to podcasts and stuff. But she was absolutely more brutally murdered. She probably so they, just fought back. So that they used that to say... He did it out of rage. That's why he targeted her more and was more brutal with her because she turned him down and he was mad at her. And she probably then fought he back and he stepped in to try to himself save her. in the face, I yeah. guess. That's the thing that fucks but, me and up the And then he most. hit his shoes. Um, so Dragged this is, himself back to the campsite, but there's no blood between the campsite well, and where he hit his shoes. And the prosecution <laughs> tried to say that he grossly over-exaggerated his injuries. And the defense is like, he had cerebral fluid dripping from his nose. How does that happen? And and if he was just beaten that badly by Seppo, how did he have the strength yeah. to get up and then and murder, then murder everybody? People? And like, didn't he go to the hospital? Isn't there actual physical documentation of the, the severity. severity of his injuries and how that's annoying so but it's anyway, like almost as bad as the american judicial system he yeah, was I'm mad almost he was almost. A, <laughs> he was acquitted okay because Good, that wouldn't happen in america just because they said you don't have enough evidence like this is all like circumstantial mm-hmm. evidence and speculation it's you not do beyond, not have if the they facts. have the still same burden of proof that we do in the states then it's not beyond yeah. a reasonable doubt they didn't say that they believed he was innocent mm-hmm. and there's always been a question of whether he is guilty or not but um what the fuck questions I know, that i know 
What in your right mind is going to make you think? Yeah. I think the kid that nearly died. I think it's murdered Osman. all of his friends. I think Osman did it along with all those and other people. And it wasn't the Nazi so who logical. has been suspected for half a dozen other murders. And it, it wasn't him. If it wasn't Osman, it's more likely that it's Kiosk Man. Kiosk Man. Kiosk Man or Osman. It, that's a song in the making. Kiosk man or ass man. <laughs> Kiosk ma- man or ass man. I got to get on it. Right that man. song. I think it's ass. He ass doesn't man. deserve his name to be said correctly. Ass man and kiosk man. Here's the thing. I won't make fun of you unless kiosk you're a man, dick. Yeah. And you were a Nazi convicted or suspected of, of multiple murders. Multiple murders, one of which you fucking confessed to. I'm not going to pronounce your name correctly. You don't deserve yeah, you're an it. ass man. You're an ass man. Living up to not your name. Not every person with the last name of yours is an ass man, but you, you are chose. an ass man. You are an ass man, yeah. Well, that's my story. They're, they, he got acquitted. Up. So yeah. it's technically still an unsolved case. And at this point, they're probably never going to find it. Well, no, because no. Assman is dead and he yeah. did it. Yeah. And and he, <laughs> and kiosk man killed himself. Maybe he did it too. Maybe they worked together. Maybe, but I also think it was probably mostly Assman. Yeah, I think so. So stay tuned, listeners. We might have a series on Ass Man. Yeah. Do you want to see more Ass Man? <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, no thanks. Look okay. at I do want to into say, the ass band. Mom said that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> did, did I say that? <laughs> not, not in those exact words, but you were like something about ass band. We're gonna dive deeper. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That's great. Oh. That's great. There is one weird thing about the case, and you'll all have to look it up. But there, look up the. There's a photograph of the crowd at the funeral. Funeral service for the people murdered at the lake, and there is a creepy-faced individual, bulging eyes that also kind of resembles the caricature that is the sketch. Okay, is a really creepy picture. Whatever it is, it's a creepy photo. We'll also post it on socials. He looks like a golem. It doesn't doesn't look like a real person. Looks like a clay man. It's probably just some dude hanging out at the funeral. <laughs> it's you know, like, it's like one, of the, one of the deceased sometimes. uncles. He's just having a really hard time with it. But like we all have, there, I saw one yesterday, something about like photographer. This is why photographers Was it the one of Beyonce? That it's Beyonce <laughs> and she looks all hot in one and then she looks like, she's like, Ugh, making this like it's ridiculous like, face. Sometimes we get caught with a weird face. That made me feel really good about myself yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, even Beyonce, Beyonce looks weird looks sometimes. Like that's funny. I could look weird sometimes. <laughs> it is creepy, but it's also just hard as, with such an old photo. Yeah, it that's the hard thing. It kind of just looks like it's, an old guy It's an out. old photo, but... It's just somebody's uncle. He's having a real bad day. He's trying to make his eyes look dark. <laughs> He's like, what, what expression do I need for the funeral? Make my eyes like... <laughs> trying to darken. So make them really big. Bug them out so that then when I close them real fast... <laughs> You're dark. Oh. Oh. All right. Well, that's my story. Well, that's something effed up now for something not effed up. One thing doesn't suck. One thing doesn't suck. Yeah. You know what I think doesn't suck? Huh? We've already talked about it. But the fact Travis. that Taylor, Taylor Swift's, Swift's boyfriend, boyfriend. <laughs> is playing football this afternoon. By the time this airs, <laughs> he, they may be broken up. I don't even know. Who knows? But right now... It's the romance, right now it is, romance it is, of our generation. It is the talk of the town. It is. The whole world town. Here we go. 
Do you know who Louis Capaldi is? Yes. Sounds familiar, but I, I don't, think don't so. necessarily like his music. Um, but from what I know of him, I respect him as a person. What's a band that does that? Then I can't think of. Oh no, it's a different. Louis Mark Capaldi. He's a Scottish singer, songwriter, musician. Is it just him? He's not in a band, I guess. I think it's just him. Just him. I thought maybe he had a band name. Anyway, I like him. I think he's a good artist. I've always liked him, but I didn't realize this until recently. He has Tourette's syndrome. Oh, I didn't and know And so that. performing for him can be very hard. And that video that I was playing that I showed you where the entire crowd was singing his song mm-hmm. was because he got up on stage and his Tourette's was preventing him from being able to sing. And, and so the, the audience... Crowd. Like, just lifted him up and just watching the video and watching the look on his face. um, It's a really touching moment. And I just thought it was beautiful. Like, that's the kind of stuff in humanity that when you see that shit, you're like, oh, not everybody's an asshole. And there are good things about this world and about the people in it. And it was just very touching. And you could just see how touched he was. And he kept trying to sing, but then he couldn't because he was probably getting emotional. Yeah, Yeah, and he was also getting emotional. And that would, I'm that, from what I understand, can make your Tourette's harder to control and stuff. So I just thought that was beautiful. Louis Capaldi, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. I'm sorry. I thought that you were in a band. And um, <laughs> that is why I didn't know the name of your band. <laughs> it doesn't exist. You don't have one, but um, beautiful. And keep going, you know, like anybody yeah. in that situation, keep going. We can, we can all like strive for our dreams, even with our challenges. So. Of course. That's so cool. And let's all lift each other up. If we, yeah, if we you all know? support each other. So that's my happy thought. Well, I like it. That that's is a, a thing nice that doesn't way to suck. end. That definitely doesn't suck. So cool. Cool. Well, good story, Salem. Good I story. liked it. It was interesting. We got real mad at the end because yeah. it was a little rough at the end, but it was good. Stupid. <laughs> it was stupid. <laughs> we were all just like pretty chill. And then we got to the end and we were like, what? Well, Belle's over here like maxing out her. Um, I could see it <laughs> always. on the screen behind me. She's clipping. through the whole, the whole thing. I kept peeking over. I'm like, damn, I am loud today. A lot of the time mom is like. fueled by your fury. You're too quiet. Not today. Not you just today. have such a range is the problem. Yeah. I think the problem is that my voice can sometimes be, not even that it's loud. It can just be so piercing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're very good at that. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You are. Anyway, good story. Are we all done? We're all done. Thank you, Shammies. We love you.